Hello, and welcome to the Permissionless Podcast, where we discuss the idea of living a permissionless life with other creatives and entrepreneurs. I'm your host, Selena Vidya, and today I have Jamie Waj on the video with me, and we're going to be talking about how creatives can thrive in times of uncertainty and change. So Jamie and I have known each other for quite some time. He is an awesome creator. He's multi-talented. He is an actor, stunt fighter, and he's also a frontman of the new audiovisual collaboration, Maybe Soon. He was also the creator and co-host of the Mindfulness Podcast, Civil Discourse, and he's been an avid Zen practitioner for 15 years. So he does a lot of things, he manages a lot of things, and he's just a great, fantastic person. So how are you, Jamie? I'm very good. Yeah. All things considering. I know. I feel like that's the default <laughs> answer is like, eh. Kind of good. <laughs> well, it's also kind of weird because I've been strangely had a lot of luck during this whole thing. Um, so I've been kind of very productive and have a lot of things kind of going in a, in a positive direction. Um, so it's kind of weird to navigate that with the, the kind of the reality of what's happening outside. Yeah. Sense? yeah. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And I kind of feel the same way. Um, If I don't look at the news, like I'll do a small check-in just to make sure that, you know, shit hasn't hit the fan. There's nothing I have to worry about, um, you know, in terms of what's going on emergency-wise. But if I don't look at the news and I check in with friends and family and they're all good, I feel and I've been able to stay pretty productive with everything that's going on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think it's, as creatives, it's interesting because the whole shelter in place thing is something we tend to do by ourselves. And what I think Mm -hmm. it's obviously normally not this long or we're not kind of forced to do it. It's something we choose to do. Um, But it's it's very similar to kind of being in pre-production or post-production or writing a script or working on anything where I don't leave the house for weeks on end because I'm dedicated to the art, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And um it's interesting because as creatives, we do love a lot of alone time because that's when I feel the best ideas come when you can quiet the noise. But I think as soon as something is taken away from you and you can't go out and you can't meet in real life, it kind of gets difficult to figure out how to do what you need to do. Mm-hmm. As far as um, kind of managing like long periods of time alone, since we're pretty practiced in it, what are some things that you do to keep yourself motivated and centered in times like now? Um. I mean, I do a lot of meditation um, and that's just kind of a, a habit I've developed. Um, but I think within it, what's the most helpful is just consistent and honest self-reflection. Um, because what I'm seeing a lot of right now, because um, everyone's spending so much time on social media and everyone's kind of live streaming and coming up with all these creative ways of expressing themselves and keeping themselves busy there seems to be a lot of uh, specifically from artists kind of comparing themselves or Mm. feeling like they need to be doing some kind of live stream or need to be doing this productive thing because they saw someone else do it. And I think the important part is to really self-reflect with where you're at and what's right for you both as a person and as a creative, um, because now may be the time to step back and just you know, relax and do a lot of kind of internal reflection and not be spending all your time on social media or trying to start a new project 
or it, it may be, but you don't know unless you take the time to really look within yourself and see where you're at and what you want to be doing. Yeah, and I think that's a great point because we norm- we normally don't have long stretches of time like this. Um, some people can create that because of the types of work that they do. But for most people who are maybe out of work or they're working from home right now, they're so used to being busy and there's so much um, like productivity porn and hustle porn still that people feel less than. Like they feel like right. they're not accomplishing as much as they could be. And I'm guilty of it too. So I'm, um, you and I are a little different in that I'm a very impulsive person. And I think you are a lot more thoughtful and you really put thought and focus into what you're creating. So for me, I definitely in the first like week or two, I was feeling, um, kind of that FOMO where I was like, I should be creating more than I'm creating. Like I have the opportunity to do it. But when you mentioned self-reflection and is it right for me or is it right for any of our listeners, you have a great opportunity to really lean in and create things that are on brand for you that fit into your existing projects. Um, you know, anything you start now, you'll have to maintain when you go back to work or go back to your everyday life. So if you can't maintain that, maybe you shouldn't start it right now. Like really lean in where you can. Right. I think part of it too is it's about balance, right? Like if, if you're all about being reactive and go, 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 um, and you don't give yourself the time to actually reflect, um, I think that gets really overwhelming. But if you're spending all your time just self-reflecting and not putting anything into motion, that can get overwhelming as well. I've seen a lot of people who are, who tried to use this time to do a lot of self-reflecting and then they get kind of stuck and they start Mm. sliding into depression or these things and they start to feel like they actually can't do anything because all these thoughts are just in their head and they're constantly just thinking about them. So there's, there's a, there's a balance to kind of the, the act of being mindful that requires, I think, both elements to be successful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. And I also think, um, you know, as creatives, we're used to being in our heads a lot. That's where everything forms. That's where all the great ideas come from. So if we're left in our heads for too long, it can turn a little bit destructive. So having an outlet, like for me, I like to journal. So if I'm self-reflecting, but I'm not producing and I feel really just in my head, I'll write down everything that I'm experiencing for you. Um, That's meditation. Do you have anything else that you like to do to help balance that out? Uh, yeah, I am. I like ritual and in that I like having set steps and like to focus on the steps I've put in place to kind of achieve a goal rather than always focusing on something that's in the future. Um, so I just make sure I schedule and I try to make habits of, I work out every day. Um, I've been doing different, um, since none of the gyms are open, I had to change it. So I've been doing like different push-up challenges and month long planking challenges and stuff all through apps. So I'm reminded every day to do it and kind of can see my progress. Um, it just, that helps me develop kind of new patterns. Um, so I've been doing that. I've been doing, um, like writing time where I just write lyrics or write kind of poetry and stuff. I make sure just to get kind of creative thoughts out. Um, yeah. And then meditation been working, but I try to, yeah, I try to make sure I have my priorities, but then there's also time for me to kind of step away um, and do kind of good mindful self help stuff too. Yeah. And it, um, I love that you mentioned rituals because I think having 
some kind of normal activity every day that kind of reminds you, you know, get up, do this, work out, keep your body moving, keep your mental state up. When we're in this weird time means nothing uh, time of life, it's really easy to just lose track of everything that will really help you on a daily basis. So for anybody listening, um, rituals, routine, creating something, even if it's like one or two things, you don't have to go crazy. Just something that your brain can uh have a solid grasp on that's really easy for you, like a workout, um, journaling, meditating, whatever that is, try to get some kind of ritual in your day. Yeah. The other thing I'll say is I think developing new patterns and rituals can be hard for a lot of people. Um, and again, it's for me, it's about balance, right? It's not about forcing yourself to do something that you have complete resistance to do. Mm. But what I like to do is whenever I'm kind of establishing a new pattern, if I'm feeling resistance to doing it, um, that's a great place to be aware that I'm feeling resistance. Why? Is it just because, is it because something is really wrong and I shouldn't be doing this thing or I'm just not ready to do this and I need to do other things to prepare? Or is it just that normal amount of resistance that I can easily push through and I'm going to be better and more productive for pushing through it? Um, so I think those are just good moments to start that self-reflection and it will help you either be able to make new patterns that are going to be more in line with where you are and where you want to go or push through to be able to actually set those things up as things you're doing every day and as rituals. What I think is really powerful about what you said is uh, kind of the idea of that inner dialogue that we're going to have with ourselves. So a lot of people, when they meet resistance, they either turn the other way, they force themselves through it and they're like, Oh, it'll be better next time. But having that dialogue with yourself and understanding like, what is the negative aspect of this that I'm experiencing? How can I fix this? How can I work through it? A lot of people aren't, uh, they're having trouble being self-aware. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people are afraid of their own thoughts and talking to themselves in that way. So I think that's really, really powerful. Um, just the acknowledgement that you're experiencing it, period, is really right. powerful. Yeah. And it's helped. Uh, it's something I learned just from all my years of meditation because I mean I've been doing it for 15 years and there's still times where I sit and my all my thoughts are around well I could just get up right now there's nothing keeping me here uh, and what I've just learned to do is say why am I having these thoughts am I am I uncomfortable am I in have I been sitting so long that my legs are so like asleep that I'm in pain and need to get up or is it just my mind trying to convince myself and kind of play games with me um, and in just having done that for so long, I think I've developed kind of that pattern of when something happens and I'm, I'm feeling resistance, I'm able to, one, see it, because that's the biggest part, right? You can feel resistance, but you being aware that you're feeling it are two different things. Um, so the first step is getting that awareness. And then once you have that awareness, being able to self-reflect on it. I really want to stop on the topic of meditation for just a moment longer. So a lot of um, people aren't sure how to meditate. And I know there's so many resources out there, but do you have a, an app that you use or how did you kind of get into meditation mode? What were the first steps that you started as a, when you were beginning it? Um, I, I found it in, in a very, I guess, traditional way, I guess, or I, I don't know. Um, when I was in college, I was doing a lot of like physical theater and just a lot of the, and I was working with a lot of people throughout um, 
Asia and Europe. Um, and a lot of them had just mentioned in classes and stuff, types of meditation, um, types of different Buddhist practices that they thought helped them with their art. Um, so I found a Zen temple in Chicago um, and started training there. So I've never really used apps or any of that. It's always been a more traditional approach, um, but there are some uh, great apps. I think one's called Mindful and I can get a, a list and send a list if you wanna add it um, in comments or anything. Um, but I, I think there's so many different types of meditation. Um, that I think it's a it's one of those things where you kind of have to self-reflect on what you need and who you are because some people work better at just meditating by themselves in silence focusing on counting or focusing on nothing um, others do better with uh, like tapes guiding them through others do better with soundscapes um, so I think what's fun for a lot of people is if you haven't developed a mindfulness meditation practice and you want to kind of try it out, try out different things and see what resonates with you. Um, because I also do a lot of different, depending on what I want. If I want to be very creative, I might meditate while, you know, thinking about a, a character or, or a story. Um, and sometimes I do kind of more physical meditation where I envision like each part of my body and try to relax and other times I just count. So it's, I, I, I change it up as well based on kind of what I need. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, I don't think there's one size fits all. I know my meditation journey has been all over the place. So I've used a couple of apps. I've used Headspace in the past, but the hearing somebody uh, guide me kind of gets me out of it in a way now. So I've settled with binaural beats. Sometimes I do more of a vision-based meditation where I think of a future scenario of how I want things to feel and walk myself through a visual of what that looks like, whether it's where I am, what I'm doing. So I think the most important thing, like you would mention, is just finding a couple of things that work for you and be aware enough to know when you need to pull that tool out and mm -hmm. what the tool is that you want to use. Right. And there's so many resources right now. Um, I, cause I know most of the, if someone wanted more of a traditional kind of spiritual Buddhist grounded meditation, all the Buddhist temples that I've, that I know of are doing live streams, um, mm -hmm. of sessions are doing instructions. You could do it that way. Um, there's so many apps that are offering the apps for free for the next three months. So there's just a lot of resources. Um, cause the nice thing about kind of the, the mindfulness community is it is about, it's rooted in, in helping others kind of deal with their own stuff and just being better people. So I've seen a, just a ton of generosity during this time of people trying to offer what, what they're able to, um, to other people. So it's a great time to take advantage of it. Yeah, I agree. And I also think this is a good segue into some of the other areas that would probably be really useful for creatives to talk through. So you had mentioned, um, you know, a lot of people are putting meditations online, they're doing live streams or kind of adapting their model for that. I know a lot of people are used to in real life projects. So us, for example, we were in pre-production before this whole thing happened um, and we can no longer film until this quarantine time is over and everything is safe. So are there ways that people can take existing projects and test something, modify it a little bit, um, maybe use a different medium to get it out there in the meantime? And have you seen anything, any good examples of that? 
Um, I've seen a lot of great examples of that. Um, I, our friend Poonam, uh, she did a short um, play that they were um, workshopping and were supposed to perform um, and then couldn't because of the closure. So they uh, adapted it slightly to be set in now and did it through Zoom, I believe. It was through Zoom. Oh. Um, and it was very fascinating to watch this two-person play and they just played it as if they were on Zoom talking to each other. Um, and it just made it very contemporary and, and modern and very relevant. Um, I've seen just a lot of musicians kind of streaming the concerts that got canceled, things like that. I think, um, right, it's just about being creative. There's always a way to do it if that's what you want to do. If you have a script that you're writing, you could do, uh, through Zoom, you can do um, a staged reading and have everyone mm -hmm. on there, people read different parts. You can do it as a, as a podcast and just have a, a re reader read it or read it yourself. Um, there's tons of ways to do it if that's right for you. I know a lot of people who just, it's not, their, it's not what they want to be doing. So they're writing a new project or they're moving on to post for something else or they're just taking this time to write a lot of music or do something kind of not for others um, mm. to be just on social media and stuff. Cause that's not, it doesn't align with what they want to be doing right now. So I think there's a lot of different avenues to be creative. And again, it's about what you want to do and um, kind of where you're at. Yeah. And that's uh, another great point that you bring up is um, the idea that, if you aren't somebody whose brand or who is comfortable doing, you know, live table reads or anything like that, or you just, your project, you don't want to adapt it for that. Doing something creative that isn't for a monetary gain, isn't for publicity, isn't for anything but you, that's a great way to keep your creative muscle stretched, um, even learning something new. Anything you can do that makes you happy, I think is the big thing right now. Makes you happy and if it moves the needle along on something, great, but if it just keeps you sane and centered and grounded, there's nothing wrong with that. That's perfect for now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree with all of that as well said. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> um, so as far as creatives and staying top of mind, so, you know, I know you're, um, we were talking before just about different meetings that you're going to be moving to Zoom or, you know, doing virtually if you have to. What are some ways that people can stay top of mind um, if they're not necessarily a heavy social media person? How can they, you know, whether it's reaching out to certain connections to catch up, whether it's um, email lists, what are some things that you've seen out there that you've liked? Um. I mean, I've seen all kinds of things. I've seen people just, you know, taking meetings with people. The nice thing about the, I guess right now is it's easier to connect in, in ways because everyone has so much free time. So I feel like there's so many people who I've wanted to reconnect with who our schedules just never line up and you just go and I've been able to easily, you know, take a Zoom meeting with them or like, catch up or let's have a conversation about potentially doing a project or just, you know, let's have a virtual happy hour and not talk about the industry just really catch up, um, which has been nice. Yeah. I've seen people just, you know, doing it through email. Um, I think that the hard thing about it is uh, this is, this is a 
hard time for a lot of people. So it's um, being conscious and considerate that um, everyone's kind of reacting differently to this. And I think uh, being generous and also doing your research will help. Um, a good example is on a Facebook group I'm on with a lot of actors, they were talking about, well, is this a good time to reach out to agents? Is it not? How that works and what we basically came up with was, well, everyone does this differently. So there's agents I've seen who said, this is the perfect time. I'm doing nothing. Like I want to be looking at reels. I want to be watching stuff. I want to be doing it. And others that say, my aunt has, Crohn isn't doing well. I'm not in the place to do this. So I think we just have to be smart and do our research and be not expecting anything. Um, and also just be considerate that everybody's dealing with this in a different way. Um, and I think as long as we are reaching out to other people with that mentality, um, it, it can be productive and beneficial for everybody. Um, but I think it, it's hard because we're also in a place where a lot of people are feeling kind of a lot of, you know, anxiety um, about wanting to be productive and wanting stuff to happen. So they're trying to almost force things or, uh, and stuff like that. So I think it's just that we, we have to be careful um, about how we're, we're navigating our, our connections to maintain sanity. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, our, our generation and younger, we're really used to the online world. We're used to social mm -hmm. media and things like that. There's a lot of people who aren't necessarily used to working or communicating online or even through video chat. And it's easy to forget some of the normal everyday niceties and respect that happens in the real world. So I think your point about um, doing a little research, making sure that you can get a sense as best you can of how that person is responding to what's going on now. And if it's not a way, a method or something that you would say in real life, that's also something that you shouldn't approach somebody with online. It does mm -hmm. feel like kind of a free for all time, but it's not at the same time. You know, like some people are dealing with this by offering really helpful things for free for the time being. Other people might have financial issues they're worried about and they can't. So they're not open to doing things for free or collaborating right now. Their focus is elsewhere. So I think just the researching, being mindful, if you wouldn't do it in real life, maybe take a step back and consider if you would do that in an online uh, or virtual meeting with somebody and go from there. Yeah, I think too, I, it's so many people are struggling right now in, in all different levels that I like to approach collaboration and, and connection during this time as a, from a place of service. Um, so I think if you are reaching out to someone, at least this is the rule I'm following. If I'm reaching out to someone not knowing where they're at, but wanting to collaborate or wanting to just reach out, I do that with the openness that whatever response I get, I want to be of service to that person above getting something from them. So I've had people who have said, I just don't, I'm not good at technology and I would love to, but I don't know how. So then I offer to teach them. I'm like, I'll be, we can, I'll show you how to do Zoom because I'm good at this. I'm on it 10 hours a day for everything else I'm doing. Um, or, you know, just reach, I think that, that, coming from a place of wanting to help others at this time, I think will 
just does so much. It, it, I think it helps our own psyche. It, it's helpful to others. I think it, at the end, it, it advances our careers. It advances our art. Um, because as, as creatives, that's the goal, right? I think oh, it's easy to get consumed in talking about like, well, I need to hit these goals and I need to make this amount of money as creatives and all, all this stuff that's kind of normal for kind of all working adults. But I think what separates us is as creatives, we are focused on serving others, on, ex on expressing ourselves in a way that connects with other people, with sharing art in a way that other people can grow and learn and, and have cathartic experiences from. So I think this is a great time to just remember that and just remind ourselves of the way we can better make our art about serving others. Yeah. And everything is so relationship driven, you know, without relationships, without um, having people to share things with, you don't really have anything at all. So coming from a place of service is a really, really important point. And I'm glad that you said that. It seems that there's a lot of opportunism going on right now. Um, but I think those people are just like that in general anyway, you know, they're not thinking of it differently. It's also kind of a great time for if there's something that you wanted to hone in on that you maybe aren't comfortable charging for, like let's say you're a screenwriter and you feel like you have the chops to really help somebody edit, structure, character development, things like that. If you can be of service and help somebody that you know is kind of struggling, starting a project or learning things, approach them and just say, hey, you know, I know that you're working on this. I'm really interested in kind of honing and learning some of this too. Can we do this together? Can I help you? Mm -hmm. And I think if you're, if you're always going into it thinking, how can I help this person? You can't go wrong in anything. Right. And I find when you do that, other people are more receptive to you, right? Because if someone, I know just for me, if I get an email or a call or a message from someone and it just seems all about them and what I can do for them, mm -hmm. I'm much less likely to respond because I don't see it as, you know, a relationship building thing, right? Where if someone approaches me and it's about truly collaborating and us working together um, and being equals in something, even if it's something where I have to, you know, teach them something or I'm being the, the more of the, the mentor role, it can still be mutually beneficial. Um, and I think those are the relationships that produce the, mo the most, I don't want to say success, but the, the most kind of fruit of what gets us excited and pushes us forward and lets projects come to life. Mm. Do you think that we're going to see any fundamental shift in the way that people are collaborating and working together in, and I hate saying the, the Hollywood space or the entertainment space, but you know, where we are and what we do is very often egocentric. Um, it's very driven by the bottom line and how is this project going to turn out? I hope that coming out of this whole thing, it kind of shifts the way that we work with each other. And, you know, I feel like the entertainment industry in general right now is learning a lot about, are there things that can exist through virtual meetings? Are there ways to do things where it doesn't have to be in real life where there doesn't have to be budget spent. Um, do you see that there'll be any shifts like that? Or do you think we're just going to go back to business as usual? I mean, I really hope so. Um, I think we have, I, I think there's a great opportunity too. Um, and I, I'm seeing it because I'm seeing it on every level um, and just people being 
overly creative with the way they're using social media to express art and to create. Um, and then I, see, I also see it just on personal connections of, you know, having a Zoom happy hour and people, everyone saying, why don't we always do this? Like, why has it, you know, oh, let's do this every week. Let's, it's so easy. Why haven't we done this before? Yeah. Why does um, it take disaster for us right. to connect like this? But it, it really does because I'm thinking about a, a lot of the like deepest friendships I have on a personal level, level, um, were based around disaster, right? We were close, but then some something something happened that kind of binded us together and made us feel very connected. And that's what really jump-started a relationship, you know, of, of a friendship, of, of whatever it is. Um, so I think there, there's a massive opportunity. Um, and I think hopefully we'll take it. Yeah, and even on a bigger scale of just Hollywood and stuff, um, I see, I see it now too. Look at how all the how many of the like the talk shows and the different shows are doing it from their house through Zoom, just connecting with people, and the conversations are so different because they're longer. There's not an audience with like fake laughter. There's not. It's just. And I'm not saying that's that's better or worse. It's just different from what we have seen. Um, so I hope we look at this as, wow, there's a way for us to connect and, and express ourselves as creatives um, that we haven't really tapped into fully and that we really can. Um, because the other thing about it is this way where you can connect to people who haven't felt like they've been able to connect with creatives. Right? It's not about let's abandon any like live shows ever again or big groups to just do online. It's about when we go back to things being more normal, how can we use this to heighten the overall artistic experience in the world? Yeah. And, um, you know, the, it's a great point about it's not like we're going to continue staying in this space. We are going to go back to how things are, um, you know, entertainment in general. You want to go out, you want to see bands perform, you want to see live shows, you want to go see movies. But I think what's cool around the, about this time is there's a lot of authenticity happening. Mm -hmm. So like you're mentioning, um, a lot of the talk shows, I was watching uh, Jimmy Kimmel, Jimmy Fallon, and it's so cool to see their different personalities when they're at home and how they're approaching it. Because in a way they have to get more creative and they're able to have more input because they don't have the stage, the audience, the as big of a crew. So, you know, even well-established creatives and people that at times seemed unattainable to have some kind of connection with, they're coming out and creating things on Instagram. They're doing live streams. They're pretty much making do with what they have so that they can keep bringing joy and happiness to people at a time when they know that they need it. Right. I think too, it's, it's interesting because what, what I'm seeing that I'm hopeful of is a lot of, uh, a lot of artistic expression that I don't, that has struggled to find an audience or find a way to, um, make money. I'm talking about like small theaters, things, things like that, that have really been struggling with kind of the blow up of online content and all that stuff are kind of being forced to rethink 
how they find a fan base and how they actually share their art with the world. I've been seeing so many theater companies put stuff on live stream and I'm thinking, why didn't you ever do this before? Right. You know, like it would be a great avenue for you to bring new people in who normally don't go to the theater, who digest things on, you know, YouTube and just kind of what's becoming traditional content. Um, so what I'm hoping is that through the desperation of needing to put so much online that theaters and, and independent artists and, and, and just, I mean, paint everybody just realizes that it's social media is such as a, a way to enhance what they're passionate about doing. Yeah. And, you know, I love seeing all of the things that people are putting out. And like you said, why weren't they doing that before? And I think part of the fear is because we, you know, we hit a height with entertainment where everything was overproduced, everything was amazing looking, that I think it's intimidating for smaller companies and individuals to create something because they don't feel like the audio is good enough, the video is good enough, they don't have all this help. But really, if you have a phone and you have even AirPods, you know, like what we're doing now, we're just doing something on Zoom, we're recording it, you can create whatever you want to and you can supplement the art that you're creating and you don't have to worry about it being perfect. Like getting it done in a lot of cases and expressing yourself and putting it out there is the biggest hurdle because of, you know, wanting it to be perfect. Right. Yeah, I think the what I see is the, the I guess, where people uh, falter is they try to promote what they're doing as something beyond what it is instead of being honest. Um, and a good example is one of the, one of the most profitable uh, industries in music is lo-fi music, is literally people making music with very base equipment in their bedrooms. It's a lo -fi huge- beats on YouTube, like just the yeah, streaming yeah. things, and yeah. Like, and, and they have millions and millions of views. You, I see things of just, you know, I mean, you see it, people on like different, so, like TikTok, getting like doing all this stuff and it's so minor, but they're embracing what they're doing. They're not making something with their phone and trying to advertise it as this big budget thing, which I see other people doing. And then people watch it and they go, what are they doing? Or if they would have just advertised it as, this is something cool we did with our phone, people would be like, that's so cool. So I think being honest about it. Um, and also there's always a way to, to reform it, right? If you wanted, if you were hoping to do something big budget and you're working on a script, right? And all of a sudden you say, well, I don't have that now, but I do have my phone. So yes, maybe I'll do it as a reading. No one's going to expect full budget quality for a reading, you know? It, so there's always kind of ways to adapt it with what you have. Just be honest about what you have. Yeah, it's all about just getting a little bit of momentum. Like if you can step-by-step, step, you know, at the beginning of us chatting, you were mentioning um, making realistic steps towards your goals instead of sometimes looking at the far future and bigger picture, which can be intimidating. But if you know that you're creating something and it's not gonna be fantastic, you're experimenting. That's great. You're just getting stuff out there. Like if you can get some momentum, it can do wonders for how you feel about something, imposter syndrome, like all the things that we face, just start mm -hmm. creating, like create something and use what you have.
Right. And it's about, for me, I think a lot of people have the, have the focus of, I need to produce something to get a million views, or I need to produce something to do this thing. And what I find much more useful is you mentioned brand earlier, filtering everything through your brand and just wanting to create content to express that. So if it's, I'm just going to do a vlog on Facebook once a week to help establish my brand, that's enough. It doesn't need to get a million views because that's not the point of it. Um, So where I see people flounder is whenever they're doing anything with the goal of, I need this amount of views or this amount of shares or this amount of likes. And then all of a sudden it's not about the art. It's not about being creative. It's about trying to force other people to watch this thing because you have some goal about numbers versus it being about the expression about the brand and about building something, the stepping stones to something bigger. Yeah. It's planting seeds. Like, Right now is the perfect time to kind of plant seeds for something that you want to lean into or something new that you're starting if you want to. But whatever you start planting, even if you get, even if your mom views it, like when I was blogging however long ago, my mom would always look at it. And you can't be disappointed because every one person, two person, three people that see it, you're putting an impression on them of who you are and what you want to put out in the world. So I think um, not necessarily looking for an outcome and just creating for the sake of brand practicing, getting yourself out there is a really powerful thing. Yeah. Yeah. I think too, it's, this is kind of going into a different topic. I, the importance of, we've talked a lot about like being of service and stuff. And again, it's all about balance. Right. But also the, the self reflection and doing things for yourself so that there's self care, um, in a, in a creative way. I think it's important as creatives to every once in a while do something creative that isn't for other people and is really for our, for ourselves and, and for our own artistic expression and our own kind of mental health. Um, so that's just, and I think now is a great time to really focus on that as well. Mm-hmm. I agree hundred percent. So I think this is a good place to wrap up. Um, I mean, I'm sure you and I could talk about this forever. Maybe we can save some things for a future episode, but I think a lot of what we had covered here in terms of um, self-care, being of service, not having to feel productive, but being productive if you want to be, the right ways to approach people during a time like this, and really just handling your mindset during times of change. There's so many good things in here, and I hope that everybody listening can take away something and implement it into their everyday. Um, so are there any last things that you want to share, any top of mind things on the topic? Um, yeah, I think just don't be afraid to, if you're having a hard time with the the sheltering in place and all that stuff. Um, I think it can get very, start to feel very lonely or overwhelming. Um, so many people are in a place of wanting to serve others and wanting to help. So just don't be afraid to be honest and reach out if you do need to talk to somebody or if you're feeling overwhelmed because it's like we said, it's about the balance. The self-reflection is nice, but we do need contact from other people. Um, and Luckily, we live in an age where we have the internet, we have so many resources to be able to do that. Um, So I just recommend that everybody really 
try to benefit from what we do have. Mm -hmm. And I think the last thing I want to say off that, because it's just such a great note to end on is it's okay to be vulnerable. If you need to talk to somebody, if you need to lean on a friend, a family member, even a stranger, do it. You know, it's, it's fine. We all need connection. So with that, I will leave you with those thoughts. Thank you so much for joining me. I really enjoyed this conversation and uh, hopefully I see you soon. When are you going to come back in town? Well, I'm I'm moving um, June 1st. So I'm hoping that at some point I can come back to move. I mean, I have to, Um, but luckily I'm, 90, I haven't been tested because they don't have the antibody testing, but I'm almost positive that I had um, COVID-19 in January. Um, so I'm hoping that everything they're saying about immunity um, is pretty accurate so that I'm safe to go out um, and kind of do what I have to do, um, but just playing it by ear now. Yeah, I feel like that's all, all anybody can do. <laughs> as soon as we cough, we're like, oh my God. As a side note, this was a video chat that we recorded with Zoom, so apologies if the audio quality was kind of eh and not that great. If you enjoyed this episode and the Permissionless podcast, head on over to the iTunes store and give it a rating. We're 100% bootstrapped, so any kind of love helps get Permissionless out there. I mentioned this in the last episode, but I recently launched the Map Planner, which is created in a way that gives people the ability to tame their inner chaos and get stuff done with daily pages journaling prompts, and other exercises on a weekly basis. It'll help you center yourself, get stuff done throughout the week, and improve your mindset. Head on over to morningactionpapers.com for more info.